You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Also, it's week two of our brand new series, More Than Sex, why God can be trusted, and how we can love him with our relationships. And I'm so glad that we sang those worship songs that we did tonight. I was just honestly getting emotional thinking about how God loves us. And the whole reason that we get to have this series and talk about relationships is because God first loved us. So last week we got to talk about family and friendships, and if you missed that one, go ahead and check out our YouTube channel, you know, where you'll get to catch it there. And tonight we are talking about singleness, and before we really dive into the meat of it, I feel like I just need to pause and give us, oh, actually some people are excited. Are you excited about talking about singleness, bro? Dude, yeah, sick, man. (laughs) Sick, man. Well, I don't even know if then I need to do this, but I felt like I needed to pause and do a little minute sermon before the sermon because I know that maybe some of you, I said, we're talking about singleness, and you were like, yeah, like, can't wait. But I know some of you were kind of like, ooh, (laughs) I don't think this really applies to me. I don't know if I need to listen. And so maybe it's time for me to, you know, headphones in and and tune out. But I just want to give you three reasons why the this doesn't apply to me mindset is problematic. And I want to compel you to not just tonight, not just throughout all of HSM, but throughout your life, be curious and lean in to see what you can learn, even if something doesn't apply to you. So three reasons why the this doesn't apply to me mindset is problematic. Number one, you just never know. (laughs) Um, It may not directly apply to you right now, but it could in the future. This passage in James chapter 4, starting in verse 13, talks about these people who make all these specific grand plans for their lives, and then James like slaps them with the truth and goes, um, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Like, you don't have any control over your life. Your life is a mist here today and gone tomorrow. Number two, it's unwise not to learn. Last week, we talked about how we were all made to experience relationships. And so we, we would be remiss, we'd be foolish, we'd be unwise to not learn about all the different types of relationships. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. And then number three, as a Christ follower, what affects your brothers and sisters should concern your heart too. And that principle should apply to way more than just our relationship statuses. But for tonight, we're going to talk about how the church of Jesus Christ on this side of heaven is going to be full of wonderful people who are married and then also full of wonderful people who are single. And so we need to start learning how to be the body of Christ and and start to see that what affects one part should concern the other. So with all that said, we're going to jump in and talk about singleness. Now, this topic is um, specifically, particularly important to me. I'm very passionate about this topic. And part of that reason is because I'm single. (laughs) And I've been single. (laughs) Yay, my girl. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love you, dog. Yeah, I've been single for the last uh, four years, at least, uh, four years and counting, you know. And if I were a TikToker right now, Andrew Haynes, if I were a TikToker right now, or if this was um, some type of virtual reality, I would like pause myself right here, right as I said that, and be like, and then I'd play that audio that's like, yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> and for me, thanks guys for laughing, those pity laughs. I just, I love you, I love you so much. Um, well, let me tell you how I got here. Uh, the last time that I was single, I was actually a lot more like all of you. I was a student in high school. I went to Claremont High, go pack, you know, you know woo -woo. And, <laughs> and fun fact, I was a student here in HSM. So I literally sat in the same chairs that you sat, that you're sitting in. No, they have not gotten any more comfortable. <laughs> and, and I sat here in this very room and listened to Pastor Eric's sermons. And it was awesome. I started coming when I was a junior in high school. And I met some incredible people, some of whom are still some of my good friends today. Woo -woo. And I was also growing in my faith. I was growing with Jesus in ways that I never thought possible. So I loved it. But I do have to confess that on top of all those reasons that I was coming to HSM so faithfully every week is because I also, Mackie knows, I had a crush on a boy who also went to HSM. And so together, we would kind of like faithfully go to HSM, and my junior year of high school, he asked me to homecoming, and aw, and then a few, you guys, some of you know what that's like, and then a few, pretty, pretty soon, pretty soon after that, sorry, I don't know, was that mean? I'm sorry, that was, I don't know, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Um, but uh, pretty soon after we, we went to homecoming together, it was pretty clear that we both had feelings for one another. And we actually stumbled upon the relationship series in HSM that we're doing right now. And we listened, we heard Pastor Eric's dating advice, which if you're curious, Emily's like, oh, I don't know if I want to hear that. Well, if you are curious about Pastor Eric's dating advice, you just have to tune in next week and make sure that you're here to hear it for, from him himself. But we heard his advice and we followed it. And so we became very close friends throughout that year. And then we started officially dating at the end of our junior year of high school. And you guys, mo vulnerability moment, this started the most serious relationship of my whole life. And um, honestly, you guys, like, I'll admit it, I was in love. And I genuinely believed with my whole heart that I was going to marry this man. And I really thought that we were gonna have that like high school sweetheart story, you know what I mean, forever. And so we experienced senior year together, we graduated, and then we even started college together at different campuses and did long distance for a while. And then our sophomore year of college, after about two and a half years of dating, but because we followed Pastor Eric's advice, it's more like three, three and a half years, um, spoiler alert, we broke up. And kind of the main reason why we broke up is because we were on different pages spiritually. And it affected everything. So we were having challenges and kind of arguments up here when really the root of our issue was that we had different understandings of what it meant and looked like to follow Jesus. And that's why if you ask me, and even if you don't ask me, I'm always going to tell you, Date someone who loves Jesus more than they love you. It's just, it's essential. 
One of my high school leaders at the time, she put it like this. She said, if Jesus is the most important part of who you are, then someone who doesn't know him or doesn't know him like you do will never know the deepest and most important parts of yourself. So all of a sudden, I'm almost 20 years old. I just spent the majority of my years becoming an adult in this very serious relationship, and I was single. And I hate to admit this, you guys, but honestly, I look back on that time of my life, and I was so lost. I was so lost because I didn't have a strong biblical understanding of singleness. And so I found myself kind of getting tossed to and fro between these two dominant views of singleness that are found in our world, and honestly, both of them are skewed. Here are two skewed views of singleness. The first one is that singleness is over-celebrated. So kind of like, think Beyonce, right? You know, like, all the single ladies, you know, like the the little dance, you know? (laughs) Think like strong, like independent, you do you, like do what makes you feel good, you're free, you can do whatever you want, you don't answer to anybody. And you guys, I kind of love that, (laughs) like honestly. I love empowering people, I love especially empowering women, but that view of singleness ultimately failed me. It, It fell short because, first of all, it gave this picture that if you were in a relationship, especially if you were married, you were kind of like tied down. You know what I mean? Like you were kind of like imprisoned. You were, um, you were missing out on true freedom. And I just knew that God had a better design for marriage and romantic relationships. And here's the other problem. As, as independent as I liked to be, I knew that I was not self-sufficient. I knew that I needed other people, that I was created to be in a relationship with God and others. So as much as, as enticing as that view of singleness was, I knew that it wasn't fully the truth. But the other dominant view of singleness, I feel like kind of like swayed a little bit too far on the other end of the pendulum, and it's this idea that singleness is underappreciated. And it's this idea that singleness is only meant to prepare you for marriage. And and here's what this culture sounds like. It's often from well-meaning people who look at me when another one of my great friends gets engaged or married, and they look at me and they go, Claire, don't worry, one day your time will come. Or, 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 or don't worry, you're next. I'm like, bro, really? Like, I don't see anybody. <laughs> I mean, like, you show me, you know what I mean? And it's this, it's this um, how, about, how about this? Um, once you stop looking, then you'll meet somebody. Or, or maybe God is just trying to make you more spiritual, just like make you stronger spiritually, and then you'll date someone, and then you'll get married. And here's the problem with that view of singleness. No, I see so many of you shaking your head. The problem with that view of singleness is that it insinuates that somehow as a single person, I'm somehow deficient. I'm somehow missing out simply because I'm not dating anybody. And if you internalize those messages, what you, what, you'll start to believe this lie that my life can't start until I'm dating somebody. And that's such a lie. And I knew that because I knew that my life had purpose simply because the God of the universe was giving me breath to breathe in my lungs today. And that gave me purpose. And so that's why that view of singleness also fell short. The truth is God's design, the biblical understanding of singleness lies somewhere, honestly, in the middle. And I want to get on the same page about three big things. Are you ready? Number one. 
Marriage is not guaranteed for every Christ follower. Ooh, I know. No, there were some, I think I heard some hearts break right there, but <laughs> um, I'm so sorry, but I have to tell you the truth because I love you. There is no verse in the Bible that says, oh yeah, one, one day when you start to follow Jesus, then you'll meet the one, and then you'll get married, and then you'll have kids, and you'll live happily ever after. That's nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to work out. Don't worry. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Number two, marriage is a good gift from God. Therefore, romantic relationships are a good gift from God. But so is singleness. Singleness is a good gift from God. Listen here. Singleness is not a waste of time. And it's also not solely preparation to one day be married. Instead, singleness, just like any other relationship status, is an opportunity to get to know God better and to show his love to others. Now, singleness is probably a pretty easy definition for us. <laughs> singleness is uh, simply the relationship status that you are not married. You're unmarried. And Jesus asks a lot. He, uh, the way that he asks us to honor him, he asks a lot of married people but he also asks a lot of single people. And one of the things that he asks single people to do is to practice celibacy. And celibacy is kind of this um, big word, it's kind of this fancy word that basically, basically just means that you don't have sex. And the reason being for that is that God designed sex to be experienced within the covenant of marriage. And single people, by definition, they're not experiencing marriage. And so to have sex would be to experience it outside of the way that God designed it. Jesus puts it like this in Matthew chapter 19. He's talking to some of his followers about relationships. And this is what he says. Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Now, that was a lot. <laughs> eunuchs um, are people, usually men, and this was especially prevalent in biblical times, where they physically could not have sex. And that was often due to an operation. But one of the crazy, one of the amazing things that Jesus is saying in this passage is that there are some people who are not eunuchs, but they choose to live like them. Single people who choose not to have sex in order to honor God. And what's awesome is that the Bible is full of amazing people who were single, Christ followers who were single. Paul, who is the, one of the writers who's responsible for writing most of the New Testament, single person. Think about Jesus. Literally, like, Jesus was a single person. He never got married. And so from these verses, what I, what I hope you're catching is that marriage and singleness are both good. They're both good gifts from God. But there's something more important. For Christ followers, our relationship status is an important part about us, but not the most important part. Instead, our marriages, our romantic relationships, or our singleness should point to something greater than ourselves. 
I know a lot of you have your driver's license. Some of you are working on it, you know, Olivia Rodrigo vibes. And what, what's, you learn so much as you're driving. One of the things that you learn is that you have to watch for the road signs, right? And when you read them and when you follow them the way that you need to, then you get where you're going. These road signs point to a greater destination. And that's what our romantic relationships and singleness should be like. It should point to a watching world that there's something greater, which is because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we can all look forward to one day being united with God forever in eternity at the ultimate wedding banquet. Sam Alberry, who is an author of this book called Seven Myths About Singleness, um, which I totally recommend if any of you are looking to explore these topics more. And in this book, he says this, if marriage shows us the shape of the gospel, singleness shows us its sufficiency. Now, we're going to talk about marriage throughout this series. Ooh, kind of <laughs> bumped into that. Um, but marriage is this beautiful opportunity for two people to kind of demonstrate the gospel in this small way that points to something greater. It's two people who commit to each other and, and show how to lay their lives down for one another. And that, on a small scale, that's like the trailer to the actual movie, which is Jesus Christ laying his life down for the church. And so that's what this means by saying that marriage can give us a picture of the gospel. But God honoring singleness also can show us the gospel, show us its sufficiency. Because God honoring singleness says, I don't need to experience a romantic relationship. I don't need to experience sex in order to have fullness of life. Because there's, there's something more than what I can see. Singleness says, I'm waiting in anticipation of one day being united with Christ. So I hope by now you're seeing that whether you are in a relationship or you're single, there's a lot of weight to it that, that God asks a lot of all of us. And so we all have at least two responsibilities no matter our relationship status. Number one, we need to invest in close, deep relationships with our family and friends. We talked about this last week. Intimacy is defined as closeness with someone, and it's necessary. Modern psychologists today are finding that intimacy is necessary for close relationships, and close relationships are necessary for all of us to thrive. So modern science is literally finding, is literally giving us further proof for what the Bible already says to be true. And what I want us to see is that intimacy does not have to be romantic. There's actually six different types, at least, and I just want to run through them together. Number one, there's physical intimacy. So think like people who you, who you feel comfortable giving a hug to or like a pat on the back. There's also emotional intimacy, which requires using words and communication to articulate your feelings, and that requires vulnerability. There's also spiritual intimacy, which for us means that we can connect in Jesus and connect about Jesus. It means we can read God's word together and discuss it. We can pray together. Intellectual opportunity means that you feel comfortable exchanging ideas and thoughts with somebody else in a very respectful and honoring back and forth discussion. And you can also have social or experiential intimacy, which means that you share activities, hobbies, and experiences with someone else. And then, of course, there is sexual intimacy. 
But what I want you to see is that all, out of all of these types of intimacy, you can experience closeness with someone, and it doesn't have to be romantic. It doesn't have to be sexual. In fact, the, we all need intimacy in order to thrive, but the only type of intimacy that we don't need is sexual intimacy. And so whether you are in a ro uh, romantic relationship or you're single, I want you to think about, do you have intimacy with other people in in, all of, in at least the first five areas. Do you have that? And especially for single people, we don't necessarily have one person we're committed to where we're experiencing a lot of these types of intimacy. And so instead, we have to be really intentional about investing in relationships with friends and family so that we're all experiencing this. And then number two, the second responsibility we all have is to be a blessing. We are always, always, always called to serve. And whatever your relationship status is, it comes with gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, this is kind of the major chapter of the Bible that discusses marriage and singleness. So if you want to dig deeper, I encourage you to do your own study of that chapter this week. But this is what the writer Paul says in verse 7. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. And Paul, what he's saying here is like, I wish all of you were single, but whatever your relationship status is, you have an opportunity, you have gifts, you have um, different ways, uh, different fruit that you're experiencing that you can give to others. And for singles, the Bible seems to make this argument that single people actually can follow Jesus in a little bit of a less complicated way. Later in this same chapter, starting in verse 32, it says this. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. One gift of singleness, and I've experienced this, is that because you don't have to intentionally invest into somebody else who you're committed to, you have like a little bit more flexibility in your time. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just a little bit more flexibility in your responsibilities. And Again, I've seen this play out in my own life, but the thing about gifts from God is that they're always meant to be given away. They're always meant to serve and love others, right? We all know how gifts work. Gifts really have no purpose unless you give them away. And so here's one example of how I've seen this gift of singleness play out um, for God's glory and for hopefully a ble for the blessing of other people. The first summer that I was interning here at HSM, it was summer 2019, and about three or four months before, I got a call from Pastor Eric, and he was like, Claire, uh, I know we're three or four months away, but we have a missions trip that HSM is going on to Peru, and something happened where we need another adult leader, so can you come? <laughs> and I literally, like on the phone, like I was able to say, yeah, like <laughs> let me like double check with my parents, but like I'm 99% in, count me in, coach, you know? And in that moment, like, it was so cool because I wasn't thinking, oh, who can babysit my kids for 10 days? 
I wasn't thinking of who, uh, what is my spouse going to think? What is my significant other going to think and feel about me investing so much time and energy into that? And that quick yes allowed me to join this trip, get to know a bunch of high school students, fall in love more with HSM, and also meet and love people for Jesus in an entirely different part of the world. And that was such, such a blessing. So use your relationship status for the kingdom of God. And then I want to take a minute and say to invite others into your life. You probably already experienced this, but it's going to be really easy for you to be friends with people who are similar to you. So if you're dating, you're going to want to find other people who are also in a dating relationship. I also think you need to find a mentor couple who's going to pour into you and keep you accountable. But if you're a single person, life is so fun when you have good friends in a similar stage of life. And I also think that you need a mentor. But sometimes, I think, unfortunately, especially in the church, there's a little bit too much division between people who are in romantic relationships and people who are not. And again, we need to learn how to be the body of Christ that chooses to move towards each other. So if you are dating someone right now, if you're in a romantic relationship, I want you to think about your single friends. <laughs> think about your single friends and invite them into what you're doing. It, it doesn't have to be every Friday and Saturday night, but every once in a while, invite your single friends to come along. And single people, calling us out for a second, we need to have better attitudes. <laughs> I think sometimes if we go into a hangout thinking, oh, this is going to suck, like I'm just going to be the third wheel, then obviously it's going to be a terrible night, you know what I'm saying? And so I just think that wherever you're at, we need to learn how to move towards each other. And I'm telling you, some of the times that I felt most loved and cared for as a single person are when my dating, engaged, or married friends, they invite me along. They initiate with me. They don't exclude me simply because I'm not dating someone. Now, in a minute, we are going to head into our life groups. And before we do that, I think I just want to address maybe an elephant of the room. And maybe some of you are like, okay, I see a little bit better God's plan for singleness and, and marriage. But, Claire, what if I'm discontent sometimes with the gift that God gave me? What if I'm single right now and I really don't want to be? What if you're dating someone right now and you really want to be married and you guys just aren't there yet? Like, is it okay if I'm a little discontent sometimes? And the answer is absolutely yes, as long as you're always bringing that discontentment to the Lord. He wants to meet you in that place. And your relationship status may be something that you have to wrestle with God for the rest of your life. But I want to encourage you specifically that wherever you are, God is with you. He has good things for you, and he has purpose in whatever relationship status he's given you right now. And it's also no use, it's no excuse to ignore the gifts that he's given you and learn to trust God and to bless others. And as we start to wrap up, I just want to note that, again, we've talked about singleness is good. Marriage and romantic relationships, they're good. Our boyfriend and girlfriend, if we have one, they're great. But none of those things are ultimately worthy of our worship. Don't miss don't, don't, don't take the good and miss out on what's best. God himself is what's best for us. Jesus, kind of simply but profoundly, in John chapter 6, verse 48 says, I am the bread of life. And I love that he gave us that identity because then we don't mistake other things for the things that we ultimately need. We need Jesus. And whether we're single or we're in a romantic relationship, the goal is always for God to increase in our lives 
so that we would know him better, that we would experience his love first and then learn to love others. And God is there waiting for us, and he gives us every reason for us to trust him. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight, and God, thank you for your word. Thank you that um, you care about us, and, and whatever our relationship status is, you, you have purpose. And God, I just, I just ask that you show us your love first, that we experience what we were created for, which is a relationship with you, and then we learn how to love others. God, we love you, and it's in your name that we pray.